You are listening to John Kherika on SAFM. Uh, Ghana, uh, Mama Temba's wedding. I like that one. Uh, you can do that a few times. And just play it over and over and over again. Gives me goosebumps. Welcome to the show. If you've just joined us at Sport Tracks, John Kherika with you through till 9 o'clock today. Uh, we were just <laughs> While I was listening to that, do yourself a favor one day. It's on the YouTubes. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet it in just a moment. Uh, do yourself a favor and listen to Cher's version of the click song. Um, I'm going to tweet it as we do this. Cher's version of the click song. Uh, it's bad. It's really bad. But if you follow me on the Twitters, go have a look now. I've shared it. You can go find me now at John Gerike. J-O-N-G-E-R-I-C-K-E. It is really, really bad. Uh, but from bad to brilliance, let's talk to our sports journalist of the week. Go behind the scenes with some of the voices that you might hear or read or, or watch on the telly. Today we're talking to somebody who kind of uh, done my job for a little while and then he, he's moved on and done a whole lot of other things as well. A voice you will recognize as a rugby commentator. His name is Johan LaRue. How's it going, Johan? I'm very good, John. How are you? Thank you very much for the opportunity to chat to you and good evening to the listeners as well. I'm fantastic. I was just realizing as we were, as I was prepping for this chat, you and I have done the same shows. We've covered the same sports bulletins. We've never, ever met each other. <laughs> I think, I know, I'm sure there was a time that we met briefly in, in Cape Town. I think you were down here for the Cape Town cycle tour. Oh, like that. that's right. I yeah. think it was a very brief interaction. But yeah, it is crazy <laughs> how you can have all these interactions over the over from different studios but never actually meet in person and I suppose that's the way the world is going at the moment. Yeah, because we've I mean it's 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 something that a lot of people are getting used to now. But yeah, we get we have to describe you've been in the Cape Town studios and I've crossed to you for, for rugby commentary or for reports on just about anything and it's it sounds as yeah. if you're sitting next to me, but you're you're not. <laughs> you're in a Cape Town studio somewhere looking at the beach. Exactly, and they are sometimes even working from home with technology nowadays or literally crossing from anywhere. It is, it is remarkable, but I also think, unfortunately, we do miss out on a little bit of that, uh, and I'm not sure how things are going at the moment on, on your side at SAFM, but uh, for me, you can't really replace having a guest in studio with you, and mm. I know the video chats and everything is great, but uh, there's nothing quite as special as sitting across from a uh, across uh, from from a, a guest in studio and and having a real heart to heart conversation. I think those are still my preference. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm doing the show from home now, so <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's always a scare or two. So I've got the microphone. I'm sitting at home. Uh, I've yeah, I got the the view of the rain outside, and it's it's me in front of my computer. So yeah, things have changed in broadcasting. But I, I want to talk about you. We've got you in for the reason. Uh, we know you as a rugby commentator, but if you have a look at your LinkedIn profile, you're so much more. So before we go into what you what you, what all the more that you do, how did you become a radio commentator? I think for me, um, I've always loved sport and I kind of was raised in a house where sport was just a part of what we did. And at some point as I was growing up, I also realized that I was never going to become a professional sportsman. So I wanted to stay involved somehow. And then I thought broadcasting might be an option. wasn't quite sure because I'm quite an introvert. So I didn't really think that I would be able to speak on the radio to thousands of people listening. But once I did my first show at a community radio station in, in Somerset West, and that's kind of when the broadcasting bug bit, and, and I didn't want to do anything else. And from there, that's kind of when the broadcasting career started. I met, during my early years, I met Martin Locke, who's a former mm. sports broadcaster. And he kind of, um, yeah, sounds dramatic to say that he changed my life, but he really had a big impact in my broadcasting career. And I probably spent about two years training with him once a month. 
And yeah, he really inspired me and encouraged me to pursue broadcasting as a full-time career. And from there, the, yeah, I've kind of made it into one of the big commercial radio stations in Cape Town and then eventually moved up to Joburg to go and work at the studios in Randburg. And then from there, got the opportunity to work at SABC, where I think that was probably the best career move I've ever made because mm. the exposure that I got there and the opportunities I got were, was incredible. So yeah, that's kind of how the career uh, took off. Yeah, it's it's that great story of, of how a radio career should work, almost. You started the community station, you started the regional station, you stayed at a little regional station for a little while, and then you go on to the national and you get onto telly, and you you make your way up the ladder like that. I'm a big believer in that. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't hold anything against people who get their first break and all of a sudden start doing commercial radio, and, and that's great for them. But I do think you learn so much doing the graveyard shift, and you know that maybe there's, two people listening, maybe five people if your family <laughs> decide to tune in that night. And that's when you can really be creative and you learn the basics of radio. And yeah, I, I really am a big believer in, in going through the ranks and kind of working your way through the industry and, and getting to the top because I do think you appreciate it when you get to the top so much more uh, if you were there putting in the hard yards, doing the midnight or four o'clock shift uh, every weekend and yeah, you kind of make your way through the industry like that. My guest is Johan Leroux, uh, rugby commentator. You know him on the radio. He's been in just about every radio station in the SABC as well. Continuing my chat with him, there's so much more to explore with Johan. Stay close. Listening to Sport Tracks on SAFM. Little feature we do on Sport Tracks where we talk to the life of a sports journalist to go behind the scenes with. Uh, the men and women who bring you sport around the world. Johan LaRue, you've heard him many, many times on, the radio, on this radio. He's also been on Radio 2000. What are you currently doing, Johan LaRue? Uh, so I'm currently, um, I qualified earlier this year as a clinical psychologist. And okay. once you qualify, you have to work uh, yeah, a year community service. So I'm currently doing that at, uh, in the Department of Correctional Services at a sure. uh, maximum security correctional services facility. Um, and then still doing a little bit of broadcasting when there's an opportunity, just freelancing at the moment. And uh, I think the last time I was on Radio 2000 was earlier this year for the Curry Cup final. And uh, so still on contract at SABC, but yeah, freelancing whenever there's an opportunity to do some rugby commentary. Okay, so from a community radio station where you're doing rugby and sport and, and winning awards all over the place, MTN Radio Award winner 2015, why clinical psychology? I think when I was doing sport broadcasting and especially when I was attending press conferences and you get to know the sportsmen and women a little bit better, I felt like my best conversations with them was always when the microphone and the camera were put away and you could really connect on a deeper level. And I think that was when I was really inspired to get to know people on a deeper level. And then I think that's kind of how the psychology uh, idea sparked. And yeah, so I, I think kind of, and there's a lot of different reasons as well to why I started studying psychology. But from a broadcasting career into psychology, I think that was the big connection. I really mm. enjoyed getting to know people off the field and getting to understand them, how they think, how they perform, how they prepare for games and those type of things. And then I suppose the clinical psychology was also just a deep fascination with how human beings work and, and how we operate and how we kind of go through life. And then, yeah, there was also just a few opportunities to study a little bit further and I think the more I studied, the more I enjoyed it and then decided to make a career shift. Uh, so is, is this the end of Johan LaRue as a sports commentator? I really, really hope not. Um, <laughs> I was chatting to somebody earlier today. And for me, my broadcasting time, doing 
two hours of rugby, especially when you're at a venue, is probably the favorite two hours of, of my week because you really just just you sitting watching the game, describing it. You have your earphones on. You almost switch off to the rest of the world, and I really, really love doing that. And I think also broadcasting has opened up the world and, and opened up so many opportunities to me that I don't want to give that up. But at mm. the same time, I also really enjoy my psychology work. So if I can combine the two, then then that's great, and uh, kind of yeah, be able to go for the opportunities when they do uh, come up. I also think that broadcasting in South Africa at the moment, especially with, with COVID, it's a little bit of a volatile industry at times. And so it is nice to just be able to start doing uh, live games again. I think I did my first live rugby match since the COVID pandemic when I was, where I was actually at the field uh, last month when I was doing wow. some, some rugby commentary for World Rugby at, um, in Stellenbosch. And again, it was such a special feeling to just be back watching live rugby again. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that we will be able to continue doing more and more of that now that things are slowly, hopefully starting to open up. You obviously have a lot of your time, a lot of time in your hands because not only are you a commentator and studying uh, clinical psychology, but you decided to release a podcast as well. <laughs> yes, I think that the podcast was something that I've been interested in for a long time and I've been following some of your pages and what you've been doing and the way that you were describing how you do and operate things and the technical side of things. So I decided to give it a go earlier this year and I must have also really enjoyed it. Just uh, it's, uh, on a bit of a different topic on mm. parenting, but it's also obviously something that I'm very passionate about, having two young children myself. And again, I think we spoke about how the world has opened up to us being able to connect to people all over the world from our living room. So I've also been able to have conversations with people in the UK and Harvard professors from the States and hmm. people from all over the world talking about something that I'm passionate about in, in parenting. And for me, that's also been a great experience and a great learning curve. I'm still figuring out the podcasting thing. I think we're on 23 episodes now, but still learning and growing and hopefully improving as a podcaster as well. Don't Tell Me How to Parent is the name of the podcast. Uh, you're obviously using your psychology background on this. Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. I, I also think that that does kind of, um, yeah, I suppose that is a bit of, it's not nice knowledge to have. And uh, But the whole idea is to get the views of experts because there are some incredible people who've done a lot right. of research on, for example, mindfulness with children or anxiety in children or even just learning uh, different uh, discipline methods or positive discipline, as it's called. And so, yeah, the idea is that I don't really share my opinion too much, but I get the opinion of other people. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, they are the true, uh, the, they are the people who make the show because their knowledge is incredible and their insights that they share have really had a massive impact on our parenting. And so I hope that's the same experience with other parents as well. Uh, we, we spoke to... Uh, veteran sports journalist. I'm going to put you into the veteran sports journalist as well. We spoke to a very young sports journalist last week. What advice do you have to somebody that thinks, oh, I, want to, I want to become a sports journalist? Just listening to you, it's diversity. Try, try and do as much as you possibly can. Definitely try and do as much as you can because I also think nowadays you have to be diverse if you want to make it in the industry. But I think my first step will be just get your foot in the door. Even if you have to go and take an unpaid internship. I know that we're not all in a position to do that, but if it's possible, just go and get yourself in the door, even if it's at a community radio station or a, a student radio station, a varsity radio station, because that's when the opportunities happen. Because I think for me, that was, I was in the door, I was in at Radio um, Halderberg starting to do some mm. shows, and then all of a sudden, somebody is inevitably not going to be able to do a show. And that's when you stick up your hand and say, I can do this, or can I do this? 
and just start doing anything, start reading news, start doing traffic. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's also having a little bit of patience in the beginning because sometimes it does take a little bit of time for you to get that big break. And that was definitely one of my experiences. It took mm-hmm. me about two years of doing community radio before I got an opportunity. But continue working on that demo, continue knocking on the doors and just get yourself enough, uh, into those right places and, and meet the right people. And somewhere the door will open. Yeah, I laugh because one of the rules in radio is never take leave. <laughs> because some young upstart is going to take your place and, and then suddenly you're out of a job. So, yeah, I'm, I never take leave. <laughs> um, just looking at your, at your CV, impressive CV, you, were, you went to Rio. Uh, you were involved with the Sevens a lot there. But of your sports interviews, Nigel Owens, I'm sure, is one of the big ones, uh, going off to Rio and following the Sevens quite closely. What, what, what has been the highlight? Sure. I, I do think, yeah, the, the, that interview that you mentioned uh, with, with Nigel Owen, that was my first big radio interview that I organized. And so that one definitely stands out just because of what an incredible person he was and how gracious he was with his time. I thought we were going to do a quick 10-minute interview, and we ended up mm. speaking for about 10, uh, for about an hour and even wow. afterwards when the camera was switched off as well. Definitely going to Rio as well. And I think uh, probably the part of my broadcasting career that I enjoyed the most was when I was doing work for a channel in Africa that doesn't exist anymore, but got to travel all around Africa for about two years. So got to see incredible places like Tunisia and Morocco and Uganda and Zambia and places that I never thought I'd be able to visit. And also at the same time, while traveling and doing something that I really enjoyed and getting paid for it, Mm -hmm. I think that was when I was thinking, sure, I really am living the dream. And and that's, I think, the kind of opportunities that do present themselves when you are in the industry for long enough and you continue working hard and um, opening up those doors. Because I think also when you were asking me what advice do I have for young broadcasters Mm. or or young people who want to get into the industry, I'm definitely not a a natural, maybe I'm giving it away now, but a natural speaker. (laughs) And like I said, an introvert um, and also not somebody that ever saw myself being able to speak to many people listening on the radio or watching on TV. But if you work really hard at something, and when I say work really hard, I mean spending probably an hour every night broadcasting into your laptop, watching the stack on the camera, what you did, uh, listening to yourself on the radio, then you are able to improve and hopefully people will be able to recognize that as well. Yeah, it's it's strange that people ask me. It's like, well, you must you you must be so outgoing. You must love speaking in public. You're you're so outgoing. It's like that's my radio. When I'm when yeah, I'm at home, yeah. I'm just the quiet guy in the corner. Mm. You know, I, I don't mm, like mm. to go and show my face out, and people don't believe me. And I think you're much mm. the same, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And yeah, I also think people think when when I meet them in person, I, I'm probably quite shy and introverted. So definitely a different personality. But I think that's also a great opportunity when you get in front of that microphone, you kind of forget about the people uh, who's listening. And it's just yeah. you being able to connect with that microphone or being able to connect with that camera. And again, it's a, a great part of, of broadcasting when you are able to maybe even take on a bit of a different personality and express yourself in a completely different way. Johan, it's been great connecting with you. Thank you very much for doing what you do and good luck with your psychology and hopefully we'll see you in practice soon and uh, with the podcast as well. Keep on going. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, John. And thank you also for all that you do on on SAFM and with your work on on podcasts as well. It's always a joy to to follow everything that you are up to. And uh, it's also great to to hear that SAFM, yeah, just the way that the lineup is continuing there and the work that you are doing there. It's always a great radio station to listen to. So thank Thank you very much for having me.
It's always Ben. Ben's producing, you see. It's, it's his job. <laughs> <laughs> Johan Larue, thank you very much. You can find his podcast on uh, Amazon, and I'm sure you can find it everywhere else as well. I found it on Amazon. Uh, don't Tell Me How to Parent. I'm sure if you just do a search for that, Don't Tell Me How to Parent with Johan Larue. And, uh, yeah, good luck to him as well with that psychology degree. Oh, hard work. It's uh, making your way towards the news at 8. Let's move on to our next guest straight away. Uh, we're going to talk, um, in fact, let's take a quick sting, and then we're going to talk about triathlons. Sport Track.